0: This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman.
1: Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 130 of Small Talk. Steve Cerruti and Michelle Smallman, your hosts here with you. Hello to our podcast audience and hello to our YouTube audience. And uh, Steve, we're taping this on a Wednesday during the day, which is a little rare for us. So tell me what's going on in your world. What's a Wednesday afternoon like for Cerruti?
0: Uh, You know, we got some Champions League action a little bit later in the day. So I'm excited about that. Just, you know, some work from home action. Uh, It's finally warming up a little bit here in the Northeast. We've had like a foot of snow for the last month. So starting to melt right now. So spring potentially coming, which is kind of cool. But I don't know, kind of just chilling, relaxing. What's up with you?
1: Same thing, getting ready to do a workout, probably, as you can tell. (laughs) NBD. I'm just getting it right, getting it tight for the summertime. (laughs) Summer's coming, but it's warm here in St. Louis. We had, last week this time, negative degrees. It was like negative two massive snowstorm Today it's in the 60s.
0: Yeah. I mean, is this, I don't know, is this part of the climate change, global warming BS that everything kind of happens now where, you know, one day it's negative 10 and the next day it's 60 degrees outside and the snow all melts in a day. I don't know. I don't know what to believe. now. We got snowstorms in Texas. Um, right, which was insane. We were all joking in the northeast because you know, up here, we're all used to the weather and our houses, and, and the infrastructure is just built to withstand a ton of snow. And you know, Texas gets what I think they got a couple of inches or whatever, but they're just so not prepared for that that pipes start bursting, people are out without power for a I week. Know, awesome. Um, you know, I was even wondering because I was talking to a guy who lived in Austin, and I was like, Do you guys even have winter jackets in Austin? He's like, Yes, we have jackets in Austin, you know, it does get cold, just doesn't really snow. So. It was kind of wild to see that all go down. So I hope everybody's all right there, but it seems like uh, now, but now it's like 60 degrees there now and all the snow is melting.
1: I know it's crazy. Well, um, to your point, a couple years ago, we went to the Super Bowl in Dallas and when oh, we were yeah. there, there was an unprecedented snowstorm that was there. And I remember at the time being so confused by them not being able to handle a snowstorm because I kept thinking, well, you guys know that the snow is coming how difficult is it to get salt or to get snow plows? Isn't that something that you would think the state just has on reserve no. just in case something like that happens? But I guess when it's so infrequent, it's not something that you generally prepare for. And obviously, after everything happened in Texas and reading about it, you learned about the power grids and you know certain things that are different in Texas than they are in the rest of America. But yeah, that was... So horrific to read about so many people without power and essentially freezing in their homes.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, we used to get inches of snow up here and we would still in in school, wouldn't have snow days. You know, the buses would be out on the streets and they'd be icing and then we'd we'd be fine. We'd be like, damn it. Come on. You know, at least six inches of snow to get a snow day. Whereas I remember it was it last year, a couple years ago, didn't Georgia get like one inch and it was absolute chaos, yes. <laughs> which I mean, again, like I know it really was chaos. So it's not it's, it's not even something, you know, we're necessarily joking about, but it's just wild how the two sort of places can can handle them differently. And by the way, just to go back, when I say climate change and global warming BS, I don't mean that it is BS. I mean, that it's obviously very unfortunate and we don't want it yeah, to happen. Right. I want people to be like, oh, he's a climate denier. No, that's no, not me. Um, it's just it's shitty. It's shitty, obviously, to to have to deal with right now.
1: Um, and we don't do politics on this podcast, but I have to throw one thing out there. Oh, Ted Cruz? How about I Ted mean, Cruz just, like, I mean. Mexico? And of all things, you leave Snowflake behind. In yeah. The house? I thought it incredibly of, like, rude. You, Saruti, you and Maddie. I mean, we don't even need to get into the political side of this, but to leave your dog behind in the freezing house and then see the pictures of Snowflake like in the door, being like, Hey, it's cold out here. What is going
0: on? I honestly think I Ted Cruz for Snowflake. This is this is, again, not political whatsoever, because there are certainly uh, Cuomo in New York is another guy I would throw into this group who is just completely delirious and they're Democrat, Republican, doesn't really matter. Right. I feel like Ted Cruz is one of the last people on earth I'd want to hang out with. Well, he just seems like an absolute downer, bore, annoying dude to be around. And I'm sure I mean, I'm not even saying he's obviously smart. He's successful. He's a senator. uh, But I don't want to hang out with that guy. I'm sorry, ever. And if you leave your dog, you're a terrible person.
1: Yeah, if you leave Snowflake behind, you are big time. Yeah, even if you had also, somebody
0: watching her, it doesn't matter. Come on, it's the snow know, this, apocalypse in Texas. You, come on, be with your dog. Come on, emotional like, support.
1: Take Snowflake with. Like, get <laughs> yeah, some, get or exactly, Snowflake she like needs a, a Mexican
0: vacation too. Come on, what yeah. are we doing? <laughs>
1: Anyway. um, Okay. So in addition to that, we got news yesterday, the sports world, and I guess the world in general, because he's a transcendent figure, he goes far beyond sports was very much shaken up with the news of Tiger Woods being in a car accident. I know you and I were texting about it. We've talked about it a little bit, but It was a very scary thing yesterday to get the push notifications that Tiger had been in a really serious car accident. The first thing that I did, of course, was open it and see the photos of the Mm -hmm. car. And I'm just so glad that he's alive and that he was able to walk away with non-life-threatening injuries because you see those pictures and you just think, oh my goodness, is this going to be something that is a tragedy?
0: I don't love comparing the two, but I got the same vibes as we did about a year ago when the Kobe thing happened, right? Because that started to trickle in on Twitter and you're seeing all these reports about the helicopter and just the way that it escalated. It was very reminiscent of how it started with Tiger yesterday. Oh, he was in a car accident. Oh, here's a picture of the car. We don't really know, you know, the jaws of life were used, which by the, I didn't really even know what that was until doing research. I thought jaws of life meant he was grabbed from the jaws of life. Yeah. Like in the car,
1: right. um, I didn't
0: know it was like a physical, yeah. To rip him yeah. out of the car, which they didn't know, end up yeah. actually using, I guess, but it was just terrifying. And I, you know, in the middle of the day yesterday, and I couldn't stop thinking of it. I couldn't, it was hard for me to do work. I was just mm-hmm. I, you know, trying to figure out, trying to get updates on my phone, trying to figure out what the heck's going on. And, you know, because tiger very much like Kobe for me was one of the most influential figures in my life growing up i mean i would say tiger even man tiger and kobe were probably one two for me um Mm -hmm. because i was just on the i was born 1988 so i remember the late jordan years i remember vividly remember the second three titles i remember the wizard years i don't really remember Mm -hmm. any of the early stuff though I certainly don't remember him in college. I wasn't born yet, but Tiger, he was burst onto the scene in 1999. That was when I was nine, 10, 11 around that age. And he yeah. has been with me in my sports fandom for basically my entire upbringing, my entire life. And, I was a big golf guy, I played in the golf team in high school. And it was a lot of that was because I loved Tiger Woods. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was just this really, really cool guy. And he opened up this sport that was kind of, it was not cool to play golf until Tiger Woods came on the scene and then opened it up to much more people um, from different backgrounds. Uh, you know, people that wouldn't ordinarily want to swing a golf club or who were macho football players or baseball players or basketball players. Like, I want to, I want to get into golf because Tiger's into golf and he's really cool. Totally. And there was something about watching him on Sundays when it was rolling. I mean, for that ten-year period when it was basically Tiger of the field in every single major, and you would probably take Tiger because he was that freaking good. Uh, again, he was probably the most influential athlete of my entire life. So that whole thing yesterday was just really obviously terrifying, and it gave me flashbacks to the Kobe stuff. And it's so great to hear that he is going to be okay. He's got, I believe, several fractures in in one of his legs. I was it was unclear on the full extent of his injuries, but it doesn't found seem very fractures. good.
1: Yeah. Ankle.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, compounded, like it's sticking out of his leg, all that stuff. Um, I hate to say it, but at age 45, it just kind of seems like he already probably wasn't going to play in the masters this year. Cause he's had, he has a debilitating back situation. And you know, he's just been, he's got a lot of miles on him. He's been playing golf since he was two and the amount of torque to put your body through in that is it, it really tough. So I'm just happy that he's alive. It doesn't seem like it's probably likely that he's ever going to maybe play. I don't want to speculate. I don't, I don't want to speculate, but it doesn't seem very good at age 45. But again, just happy that he's that he survived and he's okay because It was terrifying reliving kind of the Kobe thing that happened last year. I don't know how it felt for you, Michelle.
1: Agreed. I kept refreshing and waiting to get information because you're right. Tiger is an athlete that transcends golf. He changed the sport in a lot of ways. And when I look at 2021 and I think about what are some of the things that are pervasive in our world today now, right? Certainly one thing we talk about all the time is inclusivity and Tiger Woods, took a sport that was the most exclusive of exclusive. It was a gentleman's game. Women were not allowed. Minorities were not allowed. You had to look a certain way, have a certain bank account. All of these things that kept golf away from parts of our society. Tiger Woods broke down those barriers. And you're right he made golf cool. He made it very cool. I remember seeing guys starting to wear the TW hats and be like, Oh, (laughs) that is so fresh. That looks so cool. And it's like, yeah, it's tiger. And he is appointment television when tiger's in the hunt on a Sunday and he's wearing the red and he's wearing the black, you stop what you're doing to watch him. You build your day around watching him. And, you know, we talked to, to Bob Herrig on our show today talking about this and I asked him, you know, this is likely the end for tiger as far as golf is concerned. And I don't want to speculate either, but if anyone has the mental makeup to come back from something like this, it is tiger woods. Like, I don't want to put anything past him. He's played through many injuries before he's come back from, as you mentioned, a horrific back situation where he was concerned he might never be able to walk again. Mm -hmm. So if anyone has the tenacity and the mental toughness to go through another grueling rehab, it is certainly tiger woods, but I was talking to Bob Harris today and I was like, you know, we have talked about this next wave of golfers about the Brooks Kepka's and the Bryson DeChambeau's and the Dustin Johnson's. And of course they're stars in their own, right? But in any tournament that they're playing in, even if Tiger isn't there, he's a talking point. He's a storyline. It's well, Tiger's rehabbing from this injury or what's Tiger doing. Okay. He's 50th in the world. He's still such a big presence in the golf world, even when he's not, participating in a tournament. And I just wonder what golf looks like if Tiger isn't a factor in any way, shape or form. Yes, I still think people that love golf will pay attention to golf. Yes, I still think that it has enough interest in it with a lot of these young guys that are in it to keep people, but nothing that will ever come close to Tiger Woods.
0: No, I mean, and to go back to your, you know, your point on his injuries, I mean, this is a guy who won a, a major, I think it was the US Open on a torn ACL, beat yeah. Rocco Medier in a playoff, I think that was exactly. one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen. He's hobbling on the on the course. And I you just couldn't even imagine like the mental fortitude that he has has always been elite. I don't know if that was the stuff that was instilled at a young age with his dad or whatever, but mm-hmm. he has just this mental intimidation over every other player on the when it was tiger versus the field half of that was the mental bad it wasn't even the it wasn't even going out there and making and and hitting good shots it was like can i beat tiger and the answer is no because he is just (laughs) this figure in the red polo on a sunday that was scary as fuck talking most intimidating athletes of all time and you think of big brawny guys football right guys that are tough but there's the mental yeah the mental toughness but michael had the mental toughness but the one thing i'll say about about tiger is that In an individual sport to be that dominant and that terrifying to your opponents for that long, I don't know if we've ever seen anything like that. I mean, you could talk about, again, I kind of throw the team sports guys out of it because Jordan is mentally intimidating, but he still needed Scotty. He still needed Dennis. You know, he still needed Phil Jackson, not saying that Jordan wasn't great, but just Tiger in his own mind, right? right? It was Tiger versus everybody else on the field. And that's why, you know, when you throw Serena into the mix of our, like the GOAT athletes of all time. I,
1: Serena Federer. You right. sort of
0: lean towards the, the individual people because it's so much harder because you cannot rely on anyone else ever. It's all on you. And Tiger did it for so long at such a high level. Usain Bolt comes to mind, Michael Phelps. But again, Tiger did it for longer. He did it for a, a decade plus. And for a decade, he w- it was Tiger of the field, period. And he would win right. majors by double-digit strokes. I mean, it was insane. And you're right, as a little kid growing up in that environment, he's the reason that I started playing golf. And he's the reason that I still love golf today. And it's not the same without him. And it won't be the same without him. I always think about this too, Michelle, and I'll close out on this. I think a lot of people when you grow up, whatever era you grow up in, you think that your era is the best, right? Whenever you're from age like 10 to 18 or so, Mm -hmm. everyone's like, Oh, the the NBA was the best in my youth or the baseball or football or whatever. I truly feel blessed to have grown up in the era that we grew up in, because we got to see the end of Michael, the middle and end of Michael Jordan. We got to see all of Tiger Woods and really the beginning and probably the end of LeBron as well. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's, as a, you
1: mentioned, Serena.
0: Serena. Is, Tom you know, Brady.
1: We got. I'm Tom sure Brady. there are guys
0: in the seventies that'll tell me about, you know, whatever, who, this guy, that guy, or this girl. I, I feel hashtag blessed to have grown up in this era of athletics and sports because it just feels, it feels like we hit the jackpot. That's all I could say.
1: Yeah, we did big time. I'll throw one more thing in there we were talking about this today. There's a lot of parallels for me with Tiger Woods and all of the things that we've discussed for the past few weeks about Britney Spears. And I think that watching the Tiger documentary, I had a lot of the same icky feelings about it Mm -hmm. uh, as I felt when I watched the Britney Spears documentary. And to think that this was a person that was very good at playing golf. He was incredible at, at his craft, incredible at his career. And that somehow we took his personal life and we made that something that he needed to explain to us that we had this voyeuristic and almost entitled attitude to dig into all the deepest, darkest corners of his personal life and put them on display and hunt him down for lack of a better term and expose him and then ask him to be held accountable for that was really wrong. And again, we didn't know it at the time that what we were doing at the time was so detrimental to him from a personal standpoint. But I just think about everything that golf has given him, fame, money, greatness, hardware, the list goes on. Mm But golf has taken a lot from him too, from a physical standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, from a mental standpoint, we watched the dissolution of his family play out in real time. And I just wonder if after all of this, if he will even have it in him to try to come back, even if physically it's something that he can do. I wonder if he's just like, you know what? It was an incredible time. Enough is enough. Because I look at these golfers now. And even Dustin Johnson, who is a star and who's married to Paulina Gretzky are engaged to Paulina Gretzky, who's a star in her own right, a very popular figure in her own right. They're not hunted down and they're not examined in the manner in which Tiger Woods was. I mean, he couldn't go anywhere without people seeing him or following him. I mean, what was it? The National Enquirer that was like stalking him, having affairs and stuff. I think that these guys now are provided a little sense of privacy. And I don't know if any of them would want to ever trade places with Tiger. Like you think of everything that Tiger Woods is and everything that he represents and everything he accomplished, but that comes with a very, very heavy price.
0: We are going to do Would You Rathers in a little bit, which is one of our favorite games here on the show. And one of the ones I was thinking about different options to throw at you, that would be good. And one of the ones I kind of came back to was, would you rather be someone who is super famous, but never has a minute alone, everything you do is made public or would you rather just be an average Joe? And I think it depends on, it it, it depends on who you are as a person, but You can't have an I mean, yes, you get all these great things. You get to go on vacation all the time. You go to different countries and you have unlimited money to basically live whatever life you want to live. But everybody always knows about everything you're doing. You never have any privacy. You can't just go to like the gas station and pick up, I don't know, a pack of gum without a bunch of people wanting to take your picture or have your autograph or all this stuff. And I think for a day or two or a week or even a year, I don't know, maybe that'd be cool for some people. Yeah, but that's your entire life. No. I don't know if I would want that there's a level of fame that you get to where I think it just becomes a burden on your life. And I, again, I don't know anything about tiger and I think there are, you're right. There are parallels to Brittany, but I know me as a person, I couldn't live that life. I really couldn't, no matter how great or how many accolades I got, or like you said, I'm mean, having I mean, things that I could hang my hat on at some point. I would just want to be left alone, <laughs> leave me alone. And I, he's never left alone.
1: No. And we saw a little bit of that in the last dance with Michael Jordan, when he would leave the hotel and people were waiting for him mm-hmm. and would swarm him. But I think there's a whole other layer of mental toughness that comes with a tiger woods that grows up in the cell phone and in the social media Man. era, you know, like Michael Jordan didn't have to deal with any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And for someone who cares about what people say about him and who was in tune to things like that, how would social media have affected him? Who knows? Right. So anyway, I'm glad that tiger is yep. going to be okay. And I hope that he has a speedy recovery, but speaking of Michael Jordan, speaking of LeBron, speaking of the NBA, <laughs> it's time for some hoops with the roots, you know, I'll do it. It's the NBA season is obviously in full swing, has been for a while, and we've only done one segment of Hoops with Sarut, so it's time for a little Hoops action with Steve.
0: If you have a league pass and don't talk about it, are you really an NBA fan? Let's get some takes off our chest. It's time for Talking Hoops with Sarut. All right, well, I'm going to take a little bit of a victory lap here on Hoops with cerroots. This is the second edition, <laughs> I believe, right? second, yeah, second. No, Number two overall edition. I think I talked about the Nets the first time. This time, I was watching Celtics-Mavs last night, Luka versus Tatum and Brown. It was a great game. Mavs ended up winning 110-107. I'll get okay. to that in a second. But I need a little, at least a little backstory here. About a year and a half ago, I made a list of NBA players that I would start a franchise with on the NBA show that I used to host on Radio.com. I ultimately went with Giannis, but I very nearly put Luka Doncic at one. I wanted to, but I was like, ah, at the beginning of his second year, I'm like, am I being a little bit too reactionary? I know I love this dude. Giannis is coming off an MVP. He went on to win the MVP last year as well. Mm -hmm. Is it ridiculous for me to put Luka Doncic over Giannis as the guy that I would start a franchise with tomorrow in the NBA? I even went on Rosillo's podcast and I talked about it as well. And I was like, I'm leaning Doncic. I think I'm leaning Doncic because- the guy just does things he reminds he's a closer at the end of games. He does things that Giannis doesn't necessarily do. You do even though Giannis is this impressive physical freak and, you know, has obviously, again, two time MVP. And I got some crap for that. I got some crap for basically saying, oh, you're a prisoner of the moment guy. You're, you know, Luke is great, but are you, you're not going to put him in that category yet of guys that could potentially be the best player in the league. I thought he was there. And I remember it was the beginning of the second year of his second year in the league. And to look at where he finished, he finished fourth in the MVP last year. And his continued ridiculousness this season, last night, Mavs, they had an 11-point lead. They lost that late in the fourth quarter against the Celtics. But then Luca did what he does. He hits two deep contested threes to give the Mavs a 110-107 win. I mean, he has two step back threes that his step back game is so stupid. He's not even a great three point shooter, but he's a great clutch three point shooter. And when the game is on the line and he's stepping back over somebody who's probably taller than him and definitely more athletic than him, because I wouldn't say he's the most athletic guy in the league. He's got that killer instinct, man. I, I don't know. Giannis, I don't know if Giannis is necessarily there yet. I don't know if Zion is necessarily there yet. I mean, he is in basketball intelligence wise up there with the best in the game. The Chris Pauls, the LeBrons, the Kawhis. He's that at age 21, Michelle. It's absolutely insane. So I think his playmaking is as good as anybody in the league. And at the end of the day, he's got onions. He's got onions too. And this all coming <laughs> from, this all coming from a guy who has more of a dad bod look than an Adonis than an Adonis look. Giannis, he would sculpt from stone. The guy looks like yeah. the perfect image of man. And yeah. here's Luka, who's like a little bit doughy, if we're being honest. So it's kind of cool to see this guy dominate the league and have guys at his hip because they, you know, he just knows the angles of every play. The guy is so impressive. I can't get enough of him. So I'm going to take a victory lap here. I'm going to say, I think I am right. I think Luka is the guy that you take if you're starting a franchise for the next five, six, seven, eight, all the way up to 10 years. I would take him over Giannis. I would take him over Zion anybody you want. He is that dude, Michelle.
1: Uh, you know what, Steve, this is a victory for squishy guys everywhere.
0: Yes. This is the victory for the, yeah, for he's your, he's your type, right? He's Euro. He's a little doughy. He's tall.
1: Attractive. He's not attractive. But he's not
0: attractive, but he's you know, not He's got a little meat on chiseled. his bones.
1: Got some meat on his bones. I yeah. like that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Again, I think he's got, he's he's an athletic dad bod type. And that's cool. I like seeing guys like that in the NBA because it's, it's like Steph Curry. Steph's not six, five and Jack. He's Six ones, kind of scrawny, but he's, he was the best player in the NBA at one point. I like when guys like that succeed. I just can't get enough of watching Luca.
1: Well, congratulations to you on calling this for, I don't know, what is this, a year now that, that you curious. have year said a half. this? It was just, a half. I think
0: I said this last October. So, last October? I'm sorry, October of 2019.
1: And don't you feel like you should have just gone with your gut now? I mean, Giannis is not a bad choice. No, obviously.
0: and this isn't an anti-Giannis thing. You're right. No,
1: no, no, not at all. But I think probably looking back, if you really did want to go with Luca, and now you're watching him develop into the player that he's becoming, you're like, damn it, I should have gone. Should have yeah, totally and
0: listen, Rosillo knows, Rosillo is way more of a basketball expert than I ever am or probably ever, definitely ever will be. He watches more, he watches more games than any person I know. But even he gave me crap. He's like, dude, you have met, you have met two. I wouldn't even put him at two. Um, Wow, where did he
1: put him do you remember
0: still really high but not two and I was like I don't know man I just see something this guy like ball in his hands at the end of game there's not many guys in the league even two years ago that I would have wanted over Luca and now it's like maybe two guys like LeBron maybe Kawhi who else you know I think he's there so I love Luca he's he's my favorite player in the league he's my favorite guy to watch uh he's definitely on the league past Steve alert almost every single night and that was an awesome game last night uh against the Celtics by the way sneaky I'm not going to do a rant on this but Celtics not looking good. I, this is not a good look for them. They've got, you know, Tatum and Brown are fine, but Kemba looks like a disaster. They don't have a big, this is, I don't know. I, the Celtics are trending downward for me.
1: You know, I don't like to hear that as a Jason Tatum girl. I don't like to hear that.
0: He's great. There's nothing, this is nothing against Tatum. It's just, I don't think the team around him is that good.
1: I know, but I want him to succeed.
0: The team around Luke is not that great 19. either, though.
1: Well, okay. That was a great hoops to root Steve. Thank you Thank for you. that. Thank you for that Luca analysis. But now let's balance it out. Okay. I've got some things to say about Bravo. <laughs>
0: Pour some wine and turn up the shade. It's time for the Bravo Minute with Smallman.
1: Steve, last week when we did our Valentine's Day episode, our love episode, and we did our power. Rankings for celebrity couples. I throw in Candy and Todd Tucker into the mix. Candy Burris, my girl from The Real Housewives of Atlanta. You know, I love the Real Housewives of Atlanta. That is the city from this franchise that got me to fall in love with the Housewives. I was an early, early Atlanta girl. All the way back to the season one, Nene Kim Shabrae, who go and check me, boo. You a low-down (laughs) monkey with a wig on. Is Dwight planning the party? Is Deshaun Snow going to the Diamond Gala Days? Okay, so I am an OG. And let me tell you, Steve, the episode that aired this past week at Cynthia's bachelorette party in South Carolina, she calls herself 50 Cent, (laughs) C-Y-N-T. Okay,
0: it's already a 50 Cent, but okay, sure. Yes,
1: yes. (laughs) This may be one of the most outrageous and scandalous things I've ever seen happen on reality television. So... These women, they go to South Carolina for a girl's weekend. I think there's like seven of them, seven or eight of them. And um, Candy, my girl who I told you about, one of the storylines many seasons ago was that Candy was falsely, falsely accused of having a sex dungeon in her basement. (laughs) (laughs) Get it right. Get it right. There's no dungeon. Honestly,
0: I wish she did have a sex dungeon. Why would you deny that? That's hell. That's cool shit.
1: Well, because it went with some negative connotations about right, some things that, that they had done. We don't need to get into that. That's okay.
0: relevant. But
1: what she did, Stephen, which is part of the reason I put Candy and Todd on the power rankings list, is they turned that into a money making machine. And Candy and Todd had a production that went around, it toured the country called The Dungeon. And Candy's a singer. So it had music, <laughs> it had um, obviously like big time sexual overtures, whatever. So they get down there and they surprise Cynthia with a dungeon themed bachelorette party including steve a stripper wearing fake chanel named bolo and bolo is a large man In every
0: well let your (laughs) imagination take it from there i
1: don't don't even know how to (laughs) say effectively (laughs) in every way yeah
0: i mean that's what do you think let's
1: just say steve that they had to blur out certain things on the television Mm -hmm. and like half the screen was blurred out okay
0: put it that way
1: a a large good for him that was blurred so So he was
0: well endowed good for him
1: He's well-endowed. Thank you. That's the way to yeah. say it. Okay. And very ripped and uh, man can Bolo move. Man I feel
0: like Bolo, what is Bolo in reference to? I think of Bolo tie, but I also think of a guy named Bolo. That guy is probably not someone you would fuck with. Uh, no, no pun intended.
1: Hold on. I'm going to his Instagram page, Bolo the Entertainer. 213,000 followers. It just says Bolo the Entertainer, actor, muddle, entertainer, internationally recognized. <laughs> entertainer internationally recognized
0: oh i got his picture up here okay yeah yep, okay, that's pretty much what i thought you he would can, look
1: like you yep can what Bolo use your like. imagination so low-rise his, jean big time low-rise some uh <laughs> constraints that he likes to yeah. work in the outfit so anyway um Bolo is in a glass box he emerges he gives the girls a dance they're all dressed in um very sexual dungeon attire they're throwing the dollars and then the girls get a little tipsy and they say you know what cameras are going off the cameras mm. are getting shut down because we're about to have a real good time so the production crew leaves and they think that they've hidden all the cameras inside and some are still there. Some of the outside oh, cameras are tilted in and can see them. So there's some footage of two of the women straddling each other, making out. There's footage of one of the women who is married, um, shall we say, grinding mm-hmm. with Bolo. Uh, he's not concerned, Steve, about where to put his hands. He is not concerned. Bolo knows what he's doing with his no, hands.
0: No, he's, he's a professional. He wouldn't. He knows
1: what to do. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is no seventh grade this dance. Isn't his first,
0: no... This isn't Bolo's first rodeo.
1: Let me tell you, see, there's no room for the Lord. Bolo's oh, involved. No, no. But then where it gets really saucy is everybody goes to bed around 3, 4, 5 a.m. And some of the women stay up with Bolo. He's caught on camera leaving at 7 a.m. And one of the women comes down in the morning and it's like, hey, I woke up to get something from the kitchen and I heard Bolo and two female voices coming from the spare bedroom and they are definitely hooking up. And so now it is kind of a reality TV show game of Clue, where since the cameras were not on there, who were the two women that hooked up with Bolo? So let me just tell you, if you're not into The Real Housewives of Atlanta, shame on you. But there hasn't been that many episodes. You need to watch it and get in on this because this is great, great stuff. My group tech, Steve, has been popping for the past few days about this episode.
0: So- I find this, see, this is where I, I'm skeptical of what happened. There just happened to be a couple of cameras that were looking and they didn't have the rest of the footage and it only caught like maybe it's two people making camera. out. I it's don't only know. One
1: camera. and You can't really see who it is. You can see they have like a pixelated still image where based on the hairstyles, you can make out two of the women who they are, but everybody else you can't. Any and- nice,
0: good, good, Thank good you. verbiage.
1: Thank you, but it's just so so. What funny happens now? Do they get in so trouble? Now, is
0: it I don't know? Are they trying to keep it a secret? Like if this gets out, what happens? Are they in any trouble? What's going on? Well, how old are they too? They're
1: they're in their like somewhere in their late some somewhere in their mid forties. Fifty Cent, I think, is fifty one now. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So they're like all over the board age wise, but um, some of the women Steve that are potentially being implicated are married. One okay. is engaged. One is. Not as strange, but currently not with her baby daddy, Dennis, the hot dog king, uh, but they have a child together. So okay. let's just say that the women are really upset because they thought the cameras were off and the, the woman Kenya who brought it to light, they're like, Hey, we thought that this was off camera we thought that this was off bounds. how are you bringing this up why are you trying to snitch they're mad and at the
0: producers that's no, they're, that, mad
1: at, they're mad at one of the women kenya for even bringing up that she heard the sex noises okay
0: because here's here's what i think i think this is all a ploy to get people talking about the show and clearly it worked because i think you're gonna tell me these women don't have autonomy over what gets used and what doesn't no, they get don't used?
1: they have no they really have none. No so they can- no control or else, mm. trust me, Steve, there are things that they would definitely take out. Okay, okay. Like, See,
0: I'm, I'm not in the scene. I don't really know. But I no. just feel like this is a pl- like a ploy, and it's a great tactic to get people to talking about the show, because, or or maybe Bolo's just a home homewrecker. I don't know. Maybe that's what the deal is, too. Oh, Bolo was paid to do, to
1: do a job, Steve. Okay? He was yeah. paid to do
0: a job. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. That's all I have. <laughs> that's what you got to say.
1: But let me tell you, I was like, "Whoa, is this spicy? People are talking about Bridgerton. I'm like, well, the Real Housewives of Atlanta is on deck.
0: Well, Bridgerton, I mean, have you seen Bridgerton?
1: I have not, but I've been told that I should.
0: By who? My, Maddie, my wife?
1: <laughs> yes, Maddie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say.
1: <laughs> I wasn't I wa- out her. Okay, I'm going to snitch.
0: I didn't watch the show, but I was around when it was on. I would walk in and it was so weird. I, that show was, ugh, I don't know. Yeah, but you're right. It was very, it was X-rated for sure. Although, you know, they don't think they actually show anything, but it just the whole show was like these two, I don't know, the Duchess and the the Duke. I don't even know if that's who they were, but them just getting after it like m- multiple times a day. Uh, and it was super weird and I thought the show was terrible. I'd be much more likely to watch The Real Housewives of Atlanta than I was Richardton.
1: You opening the door to potentially watching The Real Housewives of Atlanta? Cause you know well, that I'm going to kick it right open. If
0: you're giving me a would you rather as we're going to do in a second, I would rather watch uh, that Real Housewives of Atlanta for sure. But I know, it doesn't mean I want to do either one.
1: I have been trying to get us to watch a show like the Shelleys, us as a collective for a long time. There was talk of Friday Night Lights we don't know how we're necessarily going to do this because we don't want to make podcasts about a show that happened 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but my pick is The Sopranos. Plus, it's already
0: kind of a thing, but yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, um, there are rewatchable. Yeah. I would love for us to rewatch The Sopranos and do kind of like you do Hoops with the Roots. We could do like a Sopranos Minute.
0: I've never seen it, so I think we should do that. Travesty. Um, travesty? As an Italian man, I mean, I'm embarrassed. I'm, I'm not happy to admit that. Uh, it's probably a black mark on my, on my resume here. It of, is, it of, is. Of film and cinema and all that stuff. But- I've never seen it. So I would be down to watch it. Yeah, maybe we just do like three episodes at a time. And, you know, we don't have to recap the episode, but we just one takeaway from a couple episodes. And we'll do that every week. Cause I've always wanted to watch the show. It's the same thing with The Wire. And here we go again. People are probably going to judge me and they should, but I've actually never seen The Wire.
1: What have you been um, doing your whole life? How have you not well, watched the Soprano so I, and The Wire?
0: So I tried watching The Wire uh, probably like five, six, seven years ago or whatever. Yeah. And I couldn't really get over. That it wasn't in widescreen. I know this is so like oh, millennial of me. God. But it was kind of annoying. And then I everyone told me season was it, is it season two sucks? Which season
1: sucks? A lot of people didn't like the docs season, but I think if you go back and look, the, that season actually held a lot of importance and it's way better okay. than people give it credit for.
0: It's like a lot of things, like when we did our movies over, what was that last, was it this summer? Last summer when we rewatched some movies and ones that we yeah. hadn't seen. Quarantine. It's, it's mostly because I feel like I didn't, I just missed the boat and I feel like I missed the boat on both The Wire and Sopranos. So like, I don't know, Just I'm just not going to try to go back in time and do it, but I'm not against The Sopranos. I know people do say it holds up. So maybe we will do that because I probably should as a, as a, you know, I'm 75% Italian. I probably yeah, should have seen that show.
1: Okay, so right here on February 24th, will you commit to watching The Sopranos? Sure. So by next week, if we give the Shelley's homework for those who would like to watch along, because that's the thing, we want it to be a communal activity. Mm -hmm. If you say, I'm going to do it by next week, you will have watched season one, episodes one, two, three.
0: We'll do three episodes. Is that reasonable? Are they an hour long? Yeah. I would assume. Yeah,
1: they're about an hour long. Yeah. Why not? Done. Okay, so Ceruti is going to rewatch The Sopranos. I'll I'm watching
0: it. Period. period. You're rewatching it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Saruti's watching it. period. <laughs> yeah, this Thanks is the reaction. first go through for your boy. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so if you want to watch it with us, because we will be doing one takeaway per week, start now. Your clock starts now. Okay. All I'm right. Excited.
0: Great. Let's do it.
1: Steve, let's close this out with a little rapid fire. Would you rather? It's been a while. We like to play games on this show, so uh, I have a few for you. Can I go first? Yeah. Go ahead. Steve, would you rather never get tired or never have to go to the bathroom?
0: So you never sleep.
1: You never. just don't but you don't get tw- tired. You don't you need it.
0: 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, I think I would rather, oh man, going to the bathroom isn't that much of an inconvenience, is it? So I don't know. It's like, if I didn't have to go, I'd be like, eh, whatever, it's fine. I'd actually, I think I would rather never get tired because- Think about what the, the amount of things you could accomplish. I could watch the entire S- Sopranos show in like a couple of days if I never got tired. Maddie would just go to sleep and I'd have like eight hours to myself every day. That'd be awesome. I'd, play, I'd probably be the best FIFA player in the world. I'd get a ton of work done. I'd probably be like an investor. I'd learn about the stock market. Think about the amount of things you would do with the time that you didn't spend sleeping, which if you count the amount of time that you're in your bed, it's, it's at least eight hours a night, right? That you're just getting back. So I actually think that could be pretty productive. Now, the only thing is you could also be very bored. You know, if you run out of things to do and lonely, but you know me, I like alone time and my my wife knows this too. I like my alone time. I just need that for my own personal sanity. So I would rather be never tired than never have. I'll go to the bathroom during the eight hours that I have to myself. How's that?
1: (laughs) No, you can't. You won't have to go. Oh yeah. I guess during your eight hours you would. Okay. So I'm with you just because I think time is the most important currency that we have. And if I could get more of it, why wouldn't you? But I do think that you wouldn't realize the little nuances about going to bed and things like that that you miss, right? I mean, what's Mm -hmm. the point of having a bed if you never sleep? My bed is my favorite place in my house, It's like a big time cloud. I love it. I love waking up on a Saturday morning after you slept in and the sun is kind of peeking through and you can just curl up and lay there for a Mm -hmm. second. Think about all the little intricacies involved with sleep that you would miss.
0: Okay, but I could still lay in a bed. I could still lay on the couch. I could still, you know, have covers on me. I'm just not sleeping, right? Would I really miss the sleeping aspect of that? Or is it just the actual act of laying down and being comfortable? I could still be comfortable in a bed. I'm just not sleeping.
1: Yeah. I think I'd pick never having to go to the bathroom. And I say that as someone that drinks a lot of water and who does a radio show. And he usually has three minutes in a commercial break. And I have to <laughs> so sit down the hall. I've got like, what? A minute 35? Okay. Uh, can we get this done? But having to go to the bathroom, how much time would that save you? I mean, it doesn't take not a, a much, lot, right? right? I mean, unless it, unless
0: there's a problem and then, then maybe if you have a problem, then maybe you pick the bathroom <laughs> one, but I have, my system's clean. If you know what I mean? I think I'm, I'm okay. It's not like I'm spending hours a day in the bathroom. It's just, it's a minor inconvenience. Whereas I can get eight hours a day back to do a bunch of shit that I didn't already have to, that I want to do. Hell you'd yeah. be like,
1: you'd be speaking Italian to be a published author. You'd be in the best shape of your life. Like think about yeah. all the things that you
0: would do. Well, yeah, I would think I would work out more, but here's the thing and this will be my last thought on this because I know we got a bunch more, but the only question is, am I as ambitious or do I get lazy? You know?
1: Great question. If
0: I'm lazy, then it's actually probably going to be pretty boring.
1: Right. But I, well, you have to, you have to really
0: be motivated and use those hours. As you said, more eloquently than I did, time is the most valuable resource. So that's probably why it's the answer, but you have to make sure you use those hours. Otherwise, you're going to be bored as shit. Big time. All right. Let me do, uh, I, got, I got three here too. Let me do my first one. Okay. Would you rather relive high school or college all four years?
1: Ooh, Oh, that's so good. Okay. So I loved both. I had incredible experiences in high school and college. I think I got to go with college though, to okay. have the, to live with your friends and have the freedom that you do in college. And I at least still in college did not have a lot of responsibility. I had a, a job and I had my grades to maintain, but
0: it's not that hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you're not, you're not easy. You know, it's not a career you're having to uphold, You're not playing bills.
1: I still have plenty of time to hang out and do what I wanted to do. When I think about that time in my life, like high school was amazing. I had great friends. I, you know, I loved high school. You have your mom's cooking still in high school, which is awesome, especially in those years that you can drive. You feel very cool. But I think where you are as a person during your college years is such an interesting and fun time. You're becoming Mm -hmm. an adult and you just feel so... What's the word I'm looking for? It's Not- an
0: it's an enlightening period. You yes. you, you you discover like you're, you're you discover learning who you
1: are. You're learning mm-hmm. about the world in a different way. High school is great because you're in a cocoon, but college is great because you burst out of the cocoon mm-hmm. and you start meeting people with different life experiences, and you you are starting to Really
0: it's fake real life, you know. Like yes, it's not it's not actually real, real but you kind of learn how to be an independent adult in some ways, even though they are it's like bowling with the bumpers on the side. Like, yes. yeah, you're bowling, but you're if you make a mistake, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, whereas, you know, once you get to the real world, it's like not sink or swim, dude. Like, figure it out. It's a really, really hard. It's this is such a hard because I'm with you. I mean, not you know, brag but like yeah, like, okay. Both my high school and college experience were fun. They were very different. I definitely think I liked who I I liked what I was in college and what I became and what I learned and the person that I sort of evolved into in college and then how that affected me post-college. In high school, I was much more of a cocky kid. I was like the kid talking shit to Cam Newton. Did you see that video uh, over oh, the week or whatever? That would be me. I just had a lot of confidence in high school and it was what it was. What are the pros and cons though? I was trying to think about this. What are the pros? What is better about high school than college? Cause I was thinking it's all right. You get all your meals made for you. I guess you technically do at the dining hall too in college, but, no, like, all right, your, but mom, you your mom, your mom cooks for friends, you. You got to cook. All right. So you're at, when you're in high school, your mom plays. you know, your mom cooks for you. High school sports were fun. Like, I'm not that guy that's trying to relive the glory days, but it was fun to play in high play high school football and, you know, whatever golf. Be I part of a team. And pick up hoops. Like it was different in college because I wasn't good enough to play a sport. So it was mostly just rec league stuff, which is fun, too but it's not the same. And again, you don't have to live them exactly the same way that you lived high school and college as you did in the past. You could live them as you want to. You just get to relive the four years again. I think I would lean, I think you're right. I think I would lean college just because you have more freedom and you can kind of do whatever you want. But that doesn't mean that high school wasn't super important.
1: And you know what I just thought of in high school, I had a lot of chores. I had to do things around the house. I had had a job in high school too. And in college, all you have to do is keep your own room clean. Yes, you contribute around your house that you live in with your friends. You know, we used to have Sunday dinners that we would all cook together and stuff. The extent of my cleaning was keep my room clean, keep my bathroom clean, and then throw away my lean cuisine (laughs) box
0: every day. Lean cuisine, yes.
1: I literally lived off lean cuisines for like an entire year i lived on lean cuisines and qdoba burritos
0: my my uh college eating habits were so shitty i used to drink a vanilla coke or two a day
1: oh my Um, god
0: yeah mountain dew uh cheesy eggs every morning burgers Mm -hmm. for i mean it was the fact that i could eat that way and not have it affect my physical stature of being and like working out wasn't really a big deal for me back then that's pretty awesome so i think it's college but there are parts of high school that i still do miss Again, the sports stuff is really cool. But at high school, you have to go to school every single day. You have to go to class from like basically 7 a.m. to 2 in the afternoon and then play sports. That's a long-ass day. I look back at that and I go, yeah. how the hell do we survive that? In college, you kind of just like pick and choose what you want to do. You take a nap at 2 p.m. if you don't have a class. So it's yeah, close, it's awesome. but I'll go college.
1: I think, Steve, if you did a body composition on me in college, my... Blood type would have been alcohol, and like 82% <laughs> of my body would have been pizza and lean cuisines.
0: <laughs> pizza, and pizza and lean cuisine. Yes, that was a. Uh, I used to eat Hungry Man. <laughs> Shout out to Mikey C. My eating habits in college were pathetic. I, mean, I would get steak that I would just make once a week. Think about it. I eat steak you, but once like, a week.
1: You going to the store to buy a steak is impressive. I would go to Walgreens and buy a lean cuisine and microwave well, it. And be like, oh, I would buy Hot,
0: Hot Pockets. Pockets. I eat Hot Pockets a lot. <laughs> <laughs> which was the pepperoni Yeah, I, I was ones... wondering
1: about the spring break bods, Steve. Okay, okay, yeah. The
0: pepperoni ones are banging. Don't sleep on hot pockets, but definitely not in the, the arsenal today.
1: One quick thing about Hot Pockets, amazing, but you do run the risk when you eat a Hot Pocket that one, it's too hot and it's going to burn your mouth, or two, that you take a massive bite in it and a piece of it's still cold and then you want to throw up.
0: Can I tell? This is like a sort of a sidetrack story, but it's worth telling uh, kind of involving that. One time I went to McDonald's and chicken McNuggets are phenomenal. I love them. This is an anti chicken McNugget thing, but I got one that wasn't fully cooked and I bit into it and it was the liquid chicken.
1: Uh, And I could not
0: eat a chicken nugget for two years. No lie. Two years. Didn't do it.
1: Why did you have to tell that story? I just feel
0: like I need to share my pain with everyone. I bit into it and it was liquid chicken. It was not fully cooked. It was one of the most disgusting things. I can still feel the texture in my mouth right now.
1: I can feel it rising in my throat.
0: I didn't eat. I did not eat McDonald's for two whole years.
1: I don't think I've eaten McDonald's in like 10, 15 years.
0: Well, We could all strive to be Michelle. No, no,
1: that's not even me. If I'm going to go get fast food, which I rarely do or something, it's not going to be my pick. It's just not. I'd rather get Chick-fil-A or Chipotle, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree. But every once in a while, you got to throw a Big Mac and a chicken nugget in there. Trust me. Maybe like once a year. That's it. But I'm with you. Chick-fil-A way, way supreme.
1: Okay, next one for me. Steve, would you rather be the president of the United States for one day, one day, or be a billionaire for one day?
0: Let me ask you this: If I'm a billionaire for a day, does all the things that I do and buy I get to keep, or can I only experience that for one day? So if I buy ten boats, I have those ten boats.
1: Yeah. Okay. Have to make the payment payments on it when the pumpkin or the carriage turns into the pumpkin. Oh no!
0: But I'm buying straight that like straight cash. That's straight. Yeah. Straight cash, homie.
1: If you're straight cash, homie, fine. But then you got 10 votes.
0: Okay. Cause if it was only, if it was live like a billionaire for a day, then no, I don't, who cares? Like, I not what, what am I going to go to Bora Bora for one day? I don't know. Uh, whatever. That sounds who cares? pretty sick.
1: I'd take um, it.
0: Yeah. But I don't know. It's one day where I could be the president for a day and my name goes down. The only thing, the only reason I kind of lean president is because your name would go down in history as a president of the United States is for 40, what, five of them? uh Right? 45, 46. I should know this as a Now like 46. History. 46. Yeah. 46. Shout out to Joe Biden. Um, go. Okay. That's really cool. That's really, but it's again, you don't have any power, you're not gonna be able to do anything. I mean, it's not like I'm gonna be able to enact legislation during my one day as president. It's basically just a figurehead title. I remember the time Saruti was president for a day, like that's what mm-hmm. my legacy would be, right? But I think I have to pick billionaire because I would just buy a bunch, I would buy cars, I would buy boats, I would buy houses, I would buy prepaid vacations all in that one day that I could live for the rest of my life on.
1: So I understand your thinking to go billionaire for a day but you better believe that having me be the first female president of the United States even if it's for one day I'm taking it I don't care about the boats I don't care about anything to have your name in the history books as one of the presidents of the United States of America even if it's for one day and you know what I would just do all day? I would just do a ton of photo ops. I would,
0: I would wouldn't just, be a busy day. Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't
1: be a busy day. Um, I might try to sign something that I've always wanted to do. I might try to, you know, kick some funding to St. Louis or something. I might for one day try to do something that I've always wanted to do as the president, but really would just be me looking very regal taking like getting my portrait done.
0: <laughs> it's it's the ultimate do it for the story thing, because you're not yeah. gonna really get anything out of it. It's just Oh, I was president for one day. That's pretty sick. You ever remember, Michelle? Yeah, she was president for one day. But you're right. I think while it would be cool, you being the first female president, but for one day, like, come on. The
1: years. first is the first. The I know, first but the just first. Feels, you never it just feels, it feels,
0: it feels cheap, even though it is correct. But I, I understand you're forever. thinking. It's Can a legacy run... thing versus a, a wealth thing. Ugh, it's, it's tough. And think about
1: this. If I'm the first female president of the United States, even if it's for a day, I'm setting myself up financially in the future. Will I be a billionaire? Speaking Probably not. Speaking engagements, a yeah. book, my 24 hours in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Maybe a show, yes. Yeah, spin-off. Maybe there a spin-off, I yep. don't know.
1: Maybe then I run for office after that. Yep. The fact that I was Not the president for one day. You get other monetary benefits from being the president for a day. And you missed your history, I'm surprised. I know,
0: I know. If I had a billion dollars, I was a billionaire, I would empty that bank account in one day. I'd spend, every, I'd spend every cent of it and that's what I would do. And then I would go off in the middle of nowhere and just live the rest of my life in happiness. And I wouldn't worry about anybody else. Would you rather marry the most attractive person you've ever met or the best cook you've ever met
1: looks are fleeting Steve baked ziti is forever
0: <laughs> okay but here's where you're wrong is that you can get baked z- good baked ziti anywhere <laughs> why does it why does your significant okay. other have to make it
1: you've been to restaurants I've been with people who are good cooks and people who are not so great cooks and being married to a chef is an ultimate goal think about that you could say hey you know what I'm craving and they could say coming right up that's coming right up, and it's no sweat off my back, and it's going to be delicious. There's no trial Michelle, and error.
0: I'm going to poke holes all in this argument because this is total bullshit. Please go ahead. You're sitting here telling me that, with all due respect, because he's older now, but you would marry Emerald Lagasse over some hot dude. Oh
1: come on, dude. well I like Emerald, but yeah. I'm not
0: here's the, here's the thing. What degree of badness is the other part of this? So if you marry a, the most attractive person you've ever met and they're a terrible cook, my argument would be, well, that doesn't mean I can't eat good food. I would just we would just go out to eat more. He wouldn't cook or he or she wouldn't cook more. If the best cook you've ever met, you're not attracted to, there's problems. That's problems. I'm sorry. So I'm going to say at the end of the day, you have to be attracted to the person that you're married. That's a baseline, absolute must in a successful relationship. The food thing, they're independent of each other. I can eat good food and also have someone who isn't a good cook. Whereas if the cook you met is not good looking and you're not attracted to them, you're probably not going to last. That relationship's not going to last.
1: Okay, I'm poking holes in your holes. What happens when the person that you're with because they're hot, all of a sudden becomes not so hot? Because that's going to happen. Father, time is undefeated. When things start to droop or wrinkle or get a little bloated and puffy. Yeah. and I'm like, mm. Actually, personality sucks and you make bad macaroni and cheese all day. Yeah, but this what if sucks. the cook's
0: personality sucks, Michelle? Like, What if this person's, oh, he's a good cook, but he's, okay. he's, he's, a, he's a shitty dude and he's ugly.
1: <laughs> okay, hang on remember how we talked about some people being attracted to people because they have money and they have power yeah the quickest way to my heart is through my stomach so if you're not that good looking and sometimes you're an asshole but you can whip up <laughs> you know uh pasta fizzle and make me happy it's gonna but go again, a long couldn't way this
0: guy just theoretically get takeout and get toasted rabs from whatever the toasted rab places that respect. are delicious couldn't he just get takeout and deliver those to you. And that's the same thing as making it. He knows that you love them. It's a nice gesture. And he happens to be attractive.
1: No, see... I don't know if I'll ever get married, but when I think about what I want in my marriage, or if I think about something that I would want my future to entail, I want to have a home where the kitchen is the heartbeat of the house. I want to throw down in the kitchen. I want to gather. I want to gather. (laughs) Hashtag gather. No signs will say that, but I want to gather and I want to be able to cook meals with the person that I love and and nourish my family. That's something that's important to me and that I love. So I find it very attractive. They might not physically be my type, but I find a man that can cook and that cares about food from an artistic standpoint or from more of a, a process standpoint actually cares about putting together a meal. Very attractive.
0: It's easier to teach someone how to be a good cook than to get enough plastic surgery to make someone attractive. I'm sorry mic drop
1: but what if I don't care about your face well hey Steve let me tell you something looks aren't everything mic drop it's, it,
0: no it's not everything I'm not saying it is everything but you can teach someone to be a good cook who's not a good cook you it's hard to just all of a sudden be attracted to someone that you weren't already that you weren't attracted to before that that's all I'm saying and I think if you're not attracted to this person if he's a great cook but he's you're not attracted to him it's not gonna work out I'm sorry it just isn't so We'll have to agree to disagree. Maybe the Shelleys will have to break the tie in this one because this is a good debate. I know what you're saying.
1: Anything that Nikki Lewis told us last week that attractiveness does not matter.
0: It does though. I mean, you have to be attracted to the person you're with. That's it. There has to be more than that too. But I think that is kind of a must have in a relationship.
1: I mean, what are we talking about? He doesn't fit the height requirements. He's like, does he smell bad? I mean, there are varying degrees of things that you could overlook for a great salad or like, I don't know, I'm just saying.
0: I know what you're saying. If
1: they're a chef, they could cook you healthy meals that also taste delicious.
0: But what if he's an asshole?
1: Well, if he's an asshole, I don't care if he's hot either.
0: Okay, fair enough, fair enough. She need to break the tie here because I think we're both making good arguments, but I think I'm right.
1: All right, one more for you. Would you rather, Steve, have all traffic lights that you approach turn green or never, ever, ever have to wait in line again? Never at the store. And once we go back into stadiums, if you're going to get the hottest corona in town and you don't want to wait for in the line around Love the it. block, you don't have to.
0: Easiest one so far, uh, I would pick I would rather never wait in another line again. I actually don't mind the green light thing. I like being in the car, I like taking drives. Uh, that's actually when I listen to most of my podcasts, my podcast intake is taking a huge hit over this pandemic. So, cause I don't go anywhere anymore. Mm-hmm. So when I get in the car, I actually kind of enjoy it because I'm like, Oh, cool. I'm going to catch up on all the podcasts I listen to at two times speed, which is how I listen. Cause I know that oh, drives some people insane, noted. Um, like my wife, but, um, I don't mind being in the car. So if I'm stuck at a red light, I mean, I don't want to be stuck there all day in traffic, but I'd rather skip all the other lines in life of having to go to the grocery store. There's all the things that you said, any line ever. That's amazing. Versus just having to wait at a red light every once in a while. Give me skipping all the lines.
1: I agree. And I also think that you don't think about the potential danger of every light that you approach turning green. What if someone else is crossing the intersection (laughs) and just because you you turn. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, safety safety first, but I'm with you. And we also live in places though, that don't have extreme traffic jams. Yeah. So I think, you know, if you live in LA or Chicago, somewhere like that, that Miami that deals with bad traffic, that you might change your mind on this, but there are few things in life that I would stand in line for that I actually care about. This is why I'm not going to Disney. I, all all of these things.
0: Yeah,
1: I guess you could get a fast pass. You're right. That's a great point by you. You
0: can ride Space Mountain as much as you want.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let me add that to the list, but I I just don't, want to wait in line ever so i with you i would take the occasional red light and the occasional mm-hmm. traffic jam to never have to stand think about yeah. when you go to a stadium or a concert that you could just be like beers, oh, excuse me coming through beers
0: pretzel nachos bathroom, get out of my way yep.
1: bathroom medicine at a, at a that's stadium. more for
0: the girls and the guys because oh. the guys are usually pretty quick but the girls line is always insane
1: there's nothing worse than being a female and being like okay we've got this this much time in between periods i'm gonna leave at the end of the second period so that i can beat the rush and then you are still stuck in the line and you're watching the dudes just very breezily walk in and out there's no line they're nope. just like oh hey i'll go get the beers because i know you're not going to make it back to your seat it's the worst this
0: guys being dudes what's up um okay i think we that's clearly the home run right answer there yeah. uh, last one for you here this is i don't know where you're gonna go on this would you rather never be able to use google again or never be able to use social media again
1: mm. well if there's no Google, can I ask Jeeves or can I go to Yahoo?
0: I think for Is the sake Jeeves
1: still around. <laughs>
0: yes. I think for the sake of the question, I think I'll extend it beyond Google. You can't search engines for you are not a thing. You cannot search things online.
1: Okay. Period. Well, um, I can live without social media. I actually think it's detrimental to society and to me as a whole anyway. Mm -hmm. So I would be completely fine disconnecting from all social media apps. I'm not going to lug around an encyclopedia Britannica. Okay. I have no other way to access information if I do not have a search engine on my phone or on my computer. So I'm a hundred percent going without social media as opposed to going without a search engine.
0: Yeah. Do you remember in, was it like elementary school, middle school? Like we would have to literally use, get whip out the encyclopedia to look shit up.
1: And then write notes, Steve. Yeah, you I mean, write notes. You I almost feel like I blacked it. out
0: during that period, but it actually did exist for us, which is wild. So, oh you, my god, I think you're right. The answer twofold. It's that, of course, I don't want to whip out a book and have an encyclopedia. I mean, it would be cool to have a room full of encyclopedias to be like, oh, I'm so smart. Look at all my leather bound books. Right. Um, but I wouldn't want to read any of them to look up like, a simple okay. thing of how do I do this.
1: And think uh, about how information has changed. Things that are in those books are Are probably wrong. Yep, yep. So the information that you're painstakingly writing out right now has probably already been updated.
0: And the second part I'll say is you're right. I think not having social media, while it would be hard, especially for you and I is what we do with our jobs and, you know, just kind of keeps you in the loop on things. But you're right. It does affect my mental health. It pisses me off a lot. I don't know, Sometimes I'm like, why am I reading this? I'm subjecting myself to this bullshit. And right. It's nobody else's fault but my own. So yeah. in a weird way, I almost feel like I'd be healthier if I didn't have social media. I could not live without Google. I think I could live without social media.
1: The world would miss your thirst trap, Steve.
0: Oh, yeah. My, my pictures of my dogs. <laughs> Here's a picture of Moose at dusk. Which is probably my favorite picture.
1: Is that the caption, Moose at Dusk? Moose at
0: Dusk. It's a great picture. Yeah. It's <laughs> an awesome picture. Um,
1: I love that. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen that. I need to look it's that great. up. It's great. It's in moose our sunroom,
0: literally at dusk. The sky is like a really cool purpley, blue, black, and the contrast of the white in the room and the lights. We have twinkly lights up. It's probably the best picture I've ever taken. No big deal. Moose at Dusk. The
1: caption is simply Moose at Dusk.
0: I know. i do <laughs> so it's amazing maddie laughs about it like once a week
1: <laughs> did you think about that caption yeah. and you're like you know what nailed it mousse at dusk i didn't even think <laughs> it would be
0: that funny it's the way it's aged it's almost it gets funnier every day it's just mousse at dusk it's mousse at dusk
1: we get mumpet at dusk
0: <laughs> Well, we probably yeah, that'll be the, the my next iteration of this i'll call it art it'll be yeah at dusk i like that
1: it's called the series steve
0: mm, true sorry excuse me you're the art person i wouldn't know
1: I love it. Okay. Well, that was fun. Let's quickly get to a review. My bad. I didn't have it pulled up. I should have. That's all right. All I right. think,
0: so what do we disagree on? We disagreed on, of mine, we agreed on college over high school. We agreed on social media over Google, but we disagreed on attractive versus cook. So let us yeah. know what you think. Break the tie there. And then on yours, I think we, did we agreed. Well, did you pick bathroom or tired? I forget.
1: Uh, tired.
0: Okay, so we both picked tired. Pick tired. You pick president, I pick billionaire. And we both pick never having to stand in line. So I guess break the tie. There's only two that we actually disagreed on.
1: And you can do so on our website, smalltalkpod.com. There's going to be a new updated Shell Talk blog by John, but you know- John just blas- texted me. There's some blasphemy going on in the Shell Talk blog about the Britney drafts. So ignore those posts and head to this latest one about what you rather. Love it. Okay, Steve, here is a review. It says astrology reading October 20th, five stars. I just listened back to Michael, the astrologist who read each of you, and he was not wrong. He was so right on the many things he said. Regarding Sir Rudy being a servant in his past life, I didn't see that as a negative. I saw that as being a servant to people in his community on a strength, emotional, and support level, not like preparing their meals. Not that that's a bad thing. Servant can mean many different things to many different people which is a great point you okay. do serve people in that way Steve you're a great friend you're um, you know a great employee you're always ready to lend a hand and care about the community aspect of things you definitely serve
0: okay but this is how they get you they spin it in a way that it applies to you It could be this general broad thing and I look, I looked at it as yeah I wasn't a waiter or a, you know a bartender during the medieval times but the way that you, you could spin it in any way to make anything that these astrologists say, or the mind readers say, or the palm or whatever you want to make it, you can spin anything they say to make it apply to your life. And I think the people that want to believe it, that's what they do. And the people like me who are skeptical deny it. So it's a great observation. I wouldn't say that you're wrong. It's just not the way that I look at it. I don't know. Of course you think it's right. <laughs> this is what you want. You like hearing this. You believe in this stuff or you want to believe in this stuff. And me, I'm like the old curmudgeon over here is like, yeah, that's bullshit. Get out of here. Reading the stars. You know. I mean, I had a fun doing it. It's not like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed hearing what he had to say. I don't deny that he's puts a lot of work into his crap. I just don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I'm actually going to take it that seriously.
1: Listen, he said I'm gonna hit the lottery. So we're still playing if that
0: happens, that. then I am fully willing to go back I every word I've right said.
1: Here, yep. You are gonna be a full convert.
0: I will I will start practicing astrology if you hit the lottery.
1: Okay. Well then I need to continue to <laughs> yeah.
0: buy the numbers. Keep buying tickets.
1: When the mega millions and the powerball was through the roof, I was convinced I was gonna win. I kept saying to my Everybody dad Everybody is. I'd call him, well, but I had an astrologist told, tell me that. I said to my dad, he's like, What are you doing? I go, I'm going to buy mega millions tickets. He's like, You? I go, Hey, I'm winning. I was told it's in the stars. It <laughs> was that a I'm prophecy. win. <laughs> yeah. And you're, then the,
0: I would, you're the I would princess check, who was promised.
1: Yeah, I would check the numbers and I'd be like, Are you serious? What the hell?
0: This, hat, this can't be right. I was told that I was going to
1: be winner. I was a winner. told it was <laughs> me. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, if you haven't already, please head to Apple Podcasts, search for Small Talk, subscribe to it, rate it preferably five stars and leave a review. We will read it at the end of the podcast. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Steve and I will be back in action next week. But until then, I'm going to be figuring out who got naughty in the dungeon.
0: Mom, more Hot Pockets. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.